I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate Welcome and welcome and welcome in Dynasty Debates episode 31. Building the big board is coming at you with a special new guest. But first, I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown. You can catch me on Twitter at FFEvanLution, like Revolution, but you know, with my name Evan in it. So welcome to the Evan Lucian. You can also follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can send us an email, DynastyDebates at gmail.com. Many, many options. And we are continuing on this series, the mini series, the mini deep dive, two prospects at a time, multiple times a week to get you ready for your rookie drafts. We're still going running backs and I have a super duper special guest. As always, let's be honest, I'm sure you have come to expect nothing less. And let me tell you, I have not let you down. This series is continuing on with the one and only Brandon Angelo himself at Angelo underscore fantasy on Twitter. If you've heard of him, you know he brings top shelf analysis and breakdown. He has some amazing threads, some amazing work that he does on prospects. Honestly, genuinely one of my favorite, favorite um, analysts when it comes to breaking down film, especially talking prospects, running backs, wide receivers. Check him out, angeloanalysis.com. It will be well worth your time. So this is the first time he's on the show with us, so I am soups excited to get stuck into these running backs and keep going. So without further ado, let's hit it. Something is wrong with you! I got a fever! Adam himself could not resist the temptation of rookie fever! We are diving into some more running backs. We covered off quite a few of the maybe quote-unquote top prospects with Garrett, but one of the beauty, one of the beauties of the 22 class is that it is fairly deep, and once you get past the top two or three prospects, it really does become more of a flavor or what you like or what you're looking for possibly. So definitely still plenty of depth, plenty of quality running backs to talk through, and no one better, might I add, to do that with than Brandon Angelo, as I mentioned already. Brandon, B-Dog, how the heck are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, we've been chopping it up for a while, so I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. Behind the curtains, there, it's it's awesome because I've chatted to um, I've chatted to to Brandon to to B Dog here uh, on and off for a year or two now. Um, just usually in DMs and stuff on Twitter, just about prospects. He's so good at um, what he does. I mean, honestly, look up look up his work, and you will not be disappointed. He goes so in depth and so detailed, and he's one of my favorite um, just analysts for breaking down film. So it's really exciting to have him on here to talk running backs with me, and. Um, yeah, just just to uh, this is the first time we've actually had a uh, shared a podcast together. So this is exciting times for me. Apologies yeah. if I stumble all over myself or get all starry eyed here, you know, just going to try and keep cool, keep my calm, you know, um, but we're going to go here and we're going to go guest first. So today we are talking. We've got two prospects up for today's episode. 
Gonna throw it over here to my buddy, and we're gonna start with Rashad White, who had a really solid combine. The combine is just over, so obviously we're all hyped on forty times and verts and broad jumps and as all that kind of geeky stuff. So, as we have done already, um, set a set a set a standard for ourselves here. I'm just gonna run through some background, some facts and figures here for you, give you a little bit of setting the table for Rashad White. Then I'm going to throw it over um, to B-Dog here. He's going to break down what he likes, what he doesn't like, and what his thoughts are on Mr. White. So Rashad White came from Arizona State, the Sun Devils. He was a senior. He's 23 years old. He was a three-star recruit, question mark, from Kansas City, Missouri. He had a really strange sort of like winding road to the uh the draft he went through kind of like he went to juco and was in a junior college for a year or two mount saint antonio to be specific before kind of transferring to arizona state so a bit of an underdog story which who doesn't love an underdog story um so official measurements there from the combine he did come in at six foot tall exactly 214 pounds so that's a really solid really nice build for a running back um and, and some specific some exact times here he had a 44840 which is plenty fast enough for a running back uh 38 inch vertical which is nice and a 10 foot five inch broad jump um so yeah as i said no major offers out of high school so he ended up playing at juco for a year then transferring to arizona state so when he was in juco he had a really solid he put up 199 rush attempts for 1264 yards and 12 touchdowns and he also had 25 receptions for 216 yards so he was doing enough at a junior college level to kind of get some buzz going managed to transfer to arizona state Went to Arizona State and played in 2020. Obviously, that was the shortened COVID year. And then this past year in 2021. So in those two years combined, he had 224 rush attempts for 1,420 yards, which is 6.3 yards per carry, 20 touchdowns. He also had 50, 51 receptions for 607 yards, 11.9 yards per reception, and two touchdowns. So that's just a bit of a background in case you weren't overly familiar with Rashad White. So without further ado, Angelo, will you break down? What's your thoughts on Mr. White here? I like him a lot. He, he's kind of in the mold of a Sony Michelle type for me. Um, we kind of forget before before the knee injury. Sony Michelle is a pretty, pretty good prospect, especially coming out of Georgia. Um, but with, with Rashad White, the one thing you notice about him, he's really active in the in this in the screen, the screen and swing game, uh, really active as a receiver, um, really dynamic, multi-directional cutter upfield. Um, and one thing I also noticed too is he's really patient when when they're playing from under center. Arizona State doesn't play a ton under center. Um, but when he gets the ball under center, you you could see him, you know, diagnosing the second level really well, setting up his blocks and and doing the requisite things he needs to do to be a, you know, basically a a functional NFL running back. Um, I think right now he's maybe even played himself and tested himself in the day two realm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go in the late third round. Um, guys who are, you know, 5'10", 5'11", 215", who run under 4'5", that's a solid, you know, those, those are solid physical attributes. Um, and combine that with his, you know, vertical jump and broad jump numbers, I think a team will – will take those testing metrics and want to groom a guy like that into a, to a pretty immediate role, I think. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him honestly on a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who need a, who need kind of a lead back. I think that's what Rashad white can be. Um, he's a little inexperienced in, in a sense where he's only played a couple of seasons of, of high level ball, but I think he can be a pretty good NFL running back. And, and he's someone I think you should definitely look out for in your rookie drafts and, 
late second round right now. I think this class is pretty deep at both receiver and running back. Um, but I think Rashad White's going to be one of those guys that could be a gem. Yeah, I I would say for me, he's definitely somebody that I've come around on more and more as the process has gone on. I think when I first went through the film, I wasn't overly high on him because I didn't see him as an overly like he was he didn't look overly um I would say overly impressive maybe as a runner, but then I think as I've dove more into it and kind of like looked at the different facets of the game and then sort of as we've gone on the process obviously to the combine and seeing how he's measured and how his athletic testing is gone definitely i'm coming more and more around him because he is he looks to me like one of the most natural pass catchers in the in the in the class which especially for fantasy as we know that's your bread and butter if you can be catching a lot of balls you don't even have to be that productive in the run game but um saying that i was actually just watching a little bit of him this morning just kind of freshening it up again on my on my film with him and yeah i mean he definitely is I, I think he has really good vision i like that i like his vision um and to me you know when you're looking at prospects especially like you mentioned already somebody who doesn't have he doesn't have a brace hall level of pedigree he doesn't have those three four five years of solid being the lead dog in a great program you know and obviously all that experience so maybe there's still some elements and facets of his game that he's honing and that he's learning but he has really solid vision, it seems like, and I really like his pass catching, his ability to, um, and his athletic build is really nice, really important. And so even, you know, funny enough to compare him to somebody who I really did like, who's really disappointed me in the combine, um, Kyron Williams. So it's kind of like they've been going the opposite directions because I really liked Kyron Williams tape and I was really excited about him. Um, and then he just completely bombed at the combine massively. Right, and then right. um, just even being under 200 pounds and all that kind of stuff. It's like, man, he's going in the wrong direction for me heading towards the draft whereas white is kind of climbing up the board a bit um what about i mean just real quick i wanted to get your thoughts on with him i was sort of noticing a couple things i didn't i suppose i didn't really like was he seemed like he was quite he didn't seem very good in pass protection and that's something that i really want to see him obviously improve on because if we're wanting him to be on at least for the third downs at start, maybe as a third down back, he needs to be good at pass protection. Um, did you notice any sort of improvement in that area as, as the season went along? Or do you feel, feel like that's something that he's learning? I, I think it's definitely, it's one of those things where when you, when you play high level football, that's going to be more of a learned trait. I think that there's an innate toughness you have to have to kind of stick your nose in there and get, and get run over by a 260 pound defensive end in the NFL. But uh, I think it's similar to how Ramondre Stevenson, uh, you know, came into Oklahoma, um, junior college guy, wasn't super familiar with, you know, with high level pass protection. Um, and that's something that you kind of saw throughout his his rookie season with the Patriots. Uh, he got better at and improved at. Uh, that's going to be a way for those guys to see the field who are, you know, third, fourth round guys. If they improve in that area, that's a that's a ticket to playing time, especially early on in their development. So I think that's something where. Rashad White, as well as a lot of the other guys in this class who are day two, day three guys, that's an area they'll, they'll improve upon. Guys like Brees Hall, um, who are basically cemented as, excuse me, honestly, early second round, late first round picks at this point because of his athletic measurables. Those are guys who didn't get the rock no matter what. Yeah, I mean, Rashad White, for me, he's definitely a prospect that's intriguing. He's definitely climbed up my board a little bit, especially seeing how he performed at the Combine and just putting it all together, you know, answering those questions about his what is his exact size, you know, what is his exact weight and things like that. Um, for me, I think at the moment, it, yeah, it depends. I, I, to be honest with you, I mean, the rest of these pro prospects it is going to sound like 
maybe a broken record, but it's very true, at least for me in this running back class, it's going to depend on landing spot and draft capital because that is going to be the big differentiator because almost any of these guys we're going to talk about, if they get third round capital versus someone else who gets sixth round capital, I'm going to lean that way because um, there's just a lot of guys that are pretty close together because they do different things well. Um, obviously, we've talked about White here. He catches the ball really well. He's fairly speedy. He's not a burner, but he's pretty speedy. He's got really good vision. Um, so it just depends. He's a little bit rough on some of the actual you know run sort of like things that we want to see in an actual you know traditional running back but that could be his lack of experience so if he gets really good draft capital i guess what i'll do is a good like a best case worst case scenario here so if he gets really solid like like late second early third round draft capital then i'm happy taking him in like the early second round of you know early to mid second round of my rookie drafts if i need a running back or if i'm looking for running back depth if he does fall and he gets like fourth fifth round draft capital and it's a bit of a murky backfield situation i honestly probably wouldn't be wouldn't wouldn't be pulling the trigger before like sort of the late second round in a one qb league uh, maybe even into the third round depending on how bad the situation is but i could i can certainly justify a late second pick um in a one qb league even if it isn't the best scenario just because of his athletic traits and what he could bring for like his upside with pass catching would you agree with that um or where do you where are you at with the actual like rookie draft grade for him yeah, no, I, I think that's pretty spot on, especially in you know PPR leagues. Um, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna see the field because I think initially of his receiving upside. I think he's a really capable receiver out of the backfield, and he has a requisite size to to be a potential three down three down guy. And I think someone that I don't think we're scheduled to talk about, but there's two guys in this class I think that have three down upside that Michael a little later is Keontae Ingram and Rashad white. Those are, those are guys with that type of potential there. So um, both those guys are really exciting. And I agree with your valuation of, of white of, you know, if he gets the capital, like if he gets late second round capital, which would be shocking, but it could happen. Um, then I think we can, you know, early second round rookie drafts. Um, and then if not, you know, early third round, late second, um, if you like the player go just, just, at that point, I mean, for me, it's like if you're in the late second round of rookie draft and a guy you really like is there, you just you go ahead and take him every time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I agree with you. I'm really glad, like you said, I don't think we'll get to Keontae Ingram, unfortunately, in this session because we have so many others to get through. But he is one of my favorite uh, sleeper, quote unquote, running backs. It's cool because in the combine, um, some of my favorite sleeper running backs did really well in the testing. So I was really happy about that. My favorite sort of sleeper guys were like Kevin Harris. Keontae Ingram and Pierre Strong Jr. And they all sort of like killed it in like the combine. So I was happy to see that. Um, but yeah, definitely Rashad White. I agree. At this stage, like I said, after the first two or three running backs, guys, what you're really wanting to do is look for traits. So you're wanting to sort of look at traits that can project. Um, you want ceiling really, like guys stuck in the middle here, but you want to see these traits and see if this guy hits his ceiling. What is it? Is it just meh? Is it just jordan howard or is it like is the ceiling actually going to do something that moves the needle for you so speaking of traits we are going to be talking now about one of my favorite running backs in this class um and i'm not sure he's a consensus top back for a lot of people but it is james cook now he is out of georgia he's a georgia bulldog he was a senior 23 years old four-star recruit from northwestern high school in miami florida 
And yes, in case you're wondering, Dalvin Cook is his older brother, so we'll just get that out of the way now. Um, he came in at the combine at 5'11", 199, which I'm really happy about because I believe he was listed about 190. Um, and he looked slight. He looked a little bit slight when I was watching him, watching his film. So I'm really happy to see him pack on about you know 5 to 10 pounds there. Um, and having packed on that weight, he still ran a 4'42", which is very good. It's surprisingly not the best time at this combine. There were some absolute burners in the running back class, but 4'42", is very solid for a running back he had a 33 inch vert 10 foot four broad jump um and yeah so in four years at georgia he had 230 attempts for 1503 yards 6.5 yards per carry and 14 touchdowns he had 67 receptions for 730 yards 10.9 yards per reception and six touchdowns now the interesting thing about cook is if you know much about georgia and the way they run their backfield it's always pretty much a committee there's usually multiple good running backs there that are getting a share of the work so he never was a traditional workhorse back in fact he split the last couple of years with samir white who's a great prospect in and of his own right um he's certainly a bigger more sort of stereotypical bruiser back sort of type we've talked about me and garrett talked about samir white already um whereas james cook he's more of the slight sort of change of pace third down back but with him being 5'11 he's almost six foot tall when he the fact that he's got up to 200 pounds he could put another five to ten pounds on in an nfl weight room once he gets there once he gets their regime of like dieting and like actual like monitoring every little element of what he's doing um wouldn't surprise me to see if he could pack on a little bit more weight and his last year, so he finished on a high, which is lovely to see. You always want to see that. Um, he finished his senior year with 113 attempts for 728 yards, which is 6.4 yards per carry, seven touchdowns with 27 receptions for 284 yards and four touchdowns. So just to give you a little bit of perspective, it just kind of struck me there because I thought, well, it doesn't sound like an overly um, exciting or amazing stat line, but if you put that sort of a stat line into a PPR league now, he would have scored around 195 points in PPR with those stats, which would have made him roughly an RB2 in the NFL, which, you know, that kind of a role I think could be very easily projectable for him at the next level where he's getting some like solid run as a second running back, but he's getting the receptions. He's getting the the receiving work that makes him really, really valuable at a PPR role. So talking about James Cook, and this is really kind of what we were already talking about a little bit with Rashad White. For me, once we get past those first couple of backs in the class, we're wanting to look for traits. And so for me, the traits that um, James Cook has that really excites me is um, his speed. He's very speedy. He's a quick guy out in the field. You watch him, and once he's through the hole, um, he definitely has the potential to break a long run, to possibly get get all the way downfield, or at least big chunk plays. But also um, equally important, maybe even more important, is his pass catching. He's a great pass catcher. He's not only just a great pass catcher, but he's actually really good at tracking the ball he's able to make contested catches which is really fascinating and, ex- and exciting for someone who plays the running back position there's a couple i believe was it against georgia even maybe where he had that long like 40 50 yard reception where he's literally just split out wide like a wide receiver running all down the field and tracks the ball beautifully uh catches it really well and and interestingly enough for somebody who was always sort of the change of pace more back um he wasn't the big bruiser obviously it's hard to be when you're in the backfield with samir white he does actually run with a little bit of um, power he does have a little bit of power for his size he's able to generate you know sort of a a good bit of oomph when he's like hitting the hole and stuff like that i like that 
I like that he um, he's a decisive runner as well. He doesn't spend too much time dancing around behind the line of scrimmage and just sort of waiting too long for things to develop. Like I, I mentioned in my notes, it was interesting watching him. You could, I could tell it felt like he had quite a slight frame. It kind of concerned me a little bit. But again, to see that he's already packed on a couple of pounds, almost hit 200 pounds there at the combine, which is perfect. Um, again, it's not an exact science, but just kind of alluding to what we've talked a couple of times we've talked about weight and size and everything, just historically speaking backs who are under that kind of 200 pound mark don't tend to get a lot of work or heavy workloads because their body just almost physically can't hold up with it. It's a very violent sport and the running back is one of the most violent, you know, difficult um, positions to play. So if you're only 190 or 195, a lot of times it's hard to take a beating like that over and over again, get a heavy workload. So the fact that he's almost up to 200 pounds, again, we could see him put another five to 10 pounds on hopefully um, in a way, weight room, NFL weight room, he could potentially even have that opportunity to get more of the workload as well as the passing work, which would be ideal. Um, I thought his vision was good. I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think he had incredible vision or anything like that. I thought it was fine. It was definitely passable. I didn't, it didn't worry me. He didn't, he didn't have like a alarmingly bad vision or anything like that. Um, I didn't see a lot of broken tackles, unfortunately. Like I didn't see him being amazing at, you know, like once guys got to him, they could sort of bring him down. So it would have been nice to see him maybe be a little bit more elusive, have a little bit more shiftiness things like that. His blocking was okay, but not amazing. Again, something that he can work on with coaching as long as he's willing to. And everything I've heard about him, you know, I've done a bit of digging and research on him. Everything I've heard of him um, coming out of Georgia was that he was a really good teammate, a really great character, good guy, good work ethic, um, willing to put in the hard work and stuff. So I don't imagine that would be a hard job for him coming up to the next level. Um, he seems to prefer or seems to be better running gap scheme or kind of like man blocking schemes from what I noticed. Uh, again, Angelo can probably speak more to that here in a minute, but those are sort of some of the things that I noticed. Them. So what I would kind of like summing it up is for me, his elite quote unquote traits, not that they are elite, but his, his chance to be really solid as a fantasy contributor comes from his speed, his pass catching abilities, and the fact that with his frame getting up to about 200 pounds, he has the potential, the chance. We're not saying he will get that, but at least he has a chance of getting more of a workload um, and not just being a purely third down back or a purely pa you know pass catching change of pace back. So um, those are sort of the things that I'm excited about. What are your thoughts on James Cook, though? Before I go any further, obviously I've been waxing lyrical about him. What are your thoughts on him? Do you hate him? Now that I've said all this, you're like, oh, I hate him. He's the worst running back in this class. Oh, man. It, it's funny because he was a guy that whenever I watched, Georgia play I was always impressed um and he's a he's a prospect for me I think that's going to climb up boards um in the NFL draft I think he he could go earlier than we anticipate I think he could be a third round guy early third um because he's he's a good receiver I think that's the thing if we're talking about the league becoming more multi-dimensional with, with the running back position he can he can split out wide he can go in the slot he can you know he can play z for you go in motion um he's just a fantastic receiver and he's him and Kyron Williams are the two best receivers in this class. Um, Cook being the more dynamic of the two, obviously. But for me, I mean, the thing that I see with with Cook is kind of in the mold of a Chase Edmonds, Jarek McKinnon type. But with Cook, it's, it's just how smooth and, like you alluded to, Evan, it, decisive. That's the thing, too. He's very economical, very decisive. Um, he gets downhill quickly. Him and his brother both have the same trait. Um, his brother, obviously, a, a, a little bit more explosive than he is. But when they get downhill, they can chain so well laterally linear and really cut well when they're at full speed. And that's something they both do a good job of. Uh, I don't think 
James Cook is going to be uh, a workhorse in NFL offense, but I think he's going to be a significant contributor because of how good he is as a, as a receiver. And he's a he's a solid runner of the football too. I mean, he's he's not going to be he's not Brees Hall, he's not Kenneth Walker, but he's someone who's going to garner an NFL role early. I think we talk about a lot of these guys. We talk about Rashad White. We're, we're talking about, you know, James Cook. There's a lot of other guys, too, that I think looking at them, it's like these guys will probably have a, a role. And we saw like guys like Elijah Mitchell last year where guys just blow up because, you know, um, Raheem Moster was injured. We had the injuries of that whole entire backfield. Then Mitchell shows up absolutely balls out and then now he's the entrenched starter of of one of the best you know running teams in the nfl um happens every year and these guys that we're talking about can seize an opportunity with their talent as well i know i'm probably higher on him than most people i think i have him in my scores at the moment is like rb5 in this class which is probably a little bit higher than most people but that's okay i'm comfortable with that i guess for me if i'm looking at sort of best case worst case scenarios if he does get that sneaky good draft capital um if he gets like early third round draft capital or something like that and lands in a pretty favorable position i'm gonna be happy reaching up into like the mid second round for him um in a one qb league Uh, If he doesn't, if he falls and he's maybe like fourth, fifth round capital, it's a bit of a murkier situation. I'm still going to be happy with any third round pick because I like him and he's just one of my guys. And I think once you get to the third round of a one QB league rookie drafts, you're looking at upside. You're just trying to pick out players that you think, hey, if they hit or if something happens, this would be a really good turn for me. And for me, I'm happy anywhere, 301, 305, anywhere I can get him in the third round, I'm going to take him even if he's a fourth or fifth round pick. So what what about you? Where do you come down with him as far as your rookie draft? Yeah, I, I think that you kind of have to nail on the head again. I, I think for me, it depends on the capital. You know, if he gets, you know, early third round um, capital, then, you know, I'm comfortable taking him in the mid second round of Mercury drafts. Um, if it's, you know, one QB, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, because we're looking at someone who could be a really good depth piece on your roster. That's what we're looking at with, with PPR type guys, you know, especially guys like imagine like a James White, you know. Is that that's not going to be a guy that you know you're going to slot in your RB one slot every single week, but it's going to be someone where it's going to help you help your depth um, and, and help you keep you know your RB two slot, your flex spot, keep keep that pretty open. So for me, man, I I love James Cook's upside. Um, and I think he has a good floor in fantasy as well with the pass catching ability. Absolutely. So there's our first set done and we haven't had any too big a disagreements. We haven't fallen out. We're not calling each other names. So it's going pretty well, I would say. There you have it. The next episode with the new special guest in the bag. Apologies, it went a little bit longer than expected, but hey, it was good info. Hopefully you enjoyed that. We should be back again tomorrow with two more prospects. And if you have a spare 30 to 45 seconds, seconds in your life, I would really appreciate it if you would go onto your favorite podcast listening platform and drop a rating, maybe even a review if you feel so inclined. Keep building that big board. See you soon. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver ran, it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really want to do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. 
One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate.